All right, we are here at Growler USA for our Sunday afternoon beer with Mason. So, Mason, thank you so much for taking your time to come and sit down and have uh, some beer. So, uh, I'll give you a little fill-in with uh, our last um, podcast in a second. I want to know what have you been up to today? You, do you are you a Sunday football guy? Do you sit around? What's your normal routine on a Sunday? Yeah, um, it's not, yeah, I'm not. I, I like football, but uh, I'm not into it like I used to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm not into the. Uh, I mean, I do fan. I've been in a couple fantasy football leagues, but to be honest, you got a team that's doing good. No, I'm oh, I'm lost both yeah, my legs. It doesn't look good today. It yeah. <laughs> doesn't look good at all. And I don't spend time on it like I used to. I don't either. I just don't. To be honest, I don't care. <laughs> and I've got guys that are in my league that I mean, they're every day looking and trading. They're listening to a podcast about fantasy. They're watching ESPN like they are on top of it and I'm getting my ass kicked all the time because they're just they're much better than I am I have other things that I'm interested in so, <laughs> yeah, so you know you know Sundays like well I worked the day job today so I took some went to mass took pictures and you know covered an event you know, typically Saturdays and Sundays are pretty low key for me until I come in here and then you so, come in yeah, yeah. I, it was definitely low key I mode and then I watched the um, Oh, the Steeler, uh, uh, Chiefs. Uh, Steeler yeah. Chiefs game. Wow. Yeah. And they got through six touchdowns. Yeah, that Chiefs quarterback. Mahomes is good. Yeah. He's the real deal. Ooh. He is. Well, let's hope he's, he's not just your, your, you know, flash in the pan. Yeah. The way we've known a Dallas quarterback to be. Yeah. He's, not having, yeah. <laughs> he's not having a great year. All right. So we, uh, this last week we did a podcast and we, the, the guest that came on wanted us I asked him what he wanted. He's a little bit of an old school guy, uh, been detailing for like, I think since the 80s. So we talked a lot about the way they did it back then. And he really wanted Rolling Rock. That was the beer he wanted. I went to the liquor store Mm -hmm. and they didn't have it. And I was like, hmm, I've had this other beer and you might be able to pronounce it better than I can. It's Sing Tao. Sing Tao, yeah, yeah. So we got pretty close. Yeah. And their immediate, which we had felt before, that it was a very close to uh, to Rolling Rock. And they sure. were drinking it, and they were like, this is Rolling Rock. I mean, it's even in a green bottle. It's got yeah. a green label. Uh, it's distributed out of Texas. Like, yeah. do you know anything about Singtao well, and Rolling Rock? Well, I, I know about those. I know I'm familiar with the beers. Um, I mean, they're both very similar styles, like a Heineken or a, a mm-hmm. Carlsberg. And you uh, you put you put a, that lager style beer into a in, into a green bottle, and it produces that type of a flavor. Oh, it's so the bottle. The, the, the green bottle uh, it allows light to infract onto the beer, and, and that creates that what people quote unquote call skunky. But it's really not. It's it's it's. No, this, they, that, uh, it, we had a girl that came in. And mm-hmm. she specifically said, this has got a skunky flavor to it's, it. It's desired, actually. They, they do that on purpose. Grolsch also, uh, they, they, they'll put their beer into a green bottle, and the green bottle allows light to infract on it oh. and create that type of a flavor profile. Well, Tiffany, there you go. It did taste <laughs> like skunk. Yeah. yeah. And it was because of the bottle. So it was nothing yeah. that they put in. It was strictly just the way the light comes the light the comes into the bottle. Yeah, and that. changes what? what is it, it? Well, it infract, the light infracts on the beer. It begins to quote-unquote deteriorate. It deteriorates the beer a little bit. When you say, so, det- I mean, was it deteriorating the, the uh, yeast? Is it deteriorating the? No, the, uh, no. Well, some of the yeast, but it's also the uh, the way when, when the light hits the beer, it, it, it creates a different flavor profile. And so, I mean, it deteriorates the beer as a whole. So, it's, same beer you could put in different colored yeah. bottles. Yeah, Grolsch will do both a brown bottle and a green bottle. 
and the green bottle and the brown bottle taste completely different. And that's why cans, uh, cans really are the best thing for beer simply because you don't get any light infraction uh, on the beer at all. Hmm. Or kegs. So a lot of times people, they'll like, they'll, they'll like this beer tastes different off the draft versus in the bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That happens a lot. It happens a lot, yeah. And it's just because the, the way that light, the light interacts. Yes. So which is why homebrewing, they tell you to keep it in a dark, yes. cool place. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Huh. Yep. Well, there you go. That's uh, That answered that question. <laughs> Done with the episode. Thank you very much for your time. <laughs> no, so we wanted to, I mean, we wanted to talk about that and... And sort of when I sent you the up, you know, the, the, the questions for what we want to do, you were like, are we talking about cloning or are we talking about copies? So <clears throat> let's clarify that. So when somebody is homebrewing, mm-hmm. there are um, ingredient lists and menus that you can use that clone yes. resemble a main... A beer you like, yeah, without a doubt, yeah. Yeah, like a regular deal. It's, yeah. it's a common occurrence. Common occurrence. No problem at all. No, if you go to High Gravity Brewing. Uh, That's they, where they, I go. Yeah. yeah, and they've got all kinds of different clones out there. Mm-hmm. So, so the ingredients are there to, to, make, to clone or to, to mimic uh, a, a popular beer, a beer that is out uh, on the market right now. Yeah. And in fact, when, I, uh, when we were looking at the first beer to do for Dead Armadillo Brewery, um, there was a beer called Mac and Jack's African Amber Ale out of Washington. That I loved, and so I and it, it's a it's a different it's a different type of amber, uh, and so it got me thinking. Now, I didn't clone it, but I, but it made me think about using different types of yeast and uh, and grain profiles than, than traditional American ambers uh, would okay. use. I want to get I want to get into that. That's one of the questions that I had mm-hmm. before I do. We so we're the first the first beers that we're going to taste right now are both. Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest. Yeah. Right. So, now, now, don't tell me which is which. I want to see if I can guess. But we've got one that's Sam Adams and one that is... Coop. Coop. And Coop is a local... Yeah, in Oklahoma City. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, yep. I think I remember which way you told me. See, I, I don't, so... I'll, I'll switch them up. I'll rotate it around. <laughs> like a shell game. Owen, would you mind seeing if that guy needs another beer at the bar? Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you, man. Yeah. All right. Mmm. Tons of flavor. Oh, I think I can tell the difference. Yeah. One's got a bit more of the October fest. What? So we're gonna have an October fest episode. Mm. Yeah. Um, and we'll get into what actually is in October fest beer. One definitely has more flavor, more body to Without it. Without a doubt. Is that the same Adams one? No. Oh. <laughs> no, it is not. No, the Coop. It's the Coop one. It's the Coop, and Coop does a good job with it. I mean, yeah. uh, it's tradi- It's a Märzen or Marzen beer, and uh, traditionally in Germany they brew it in March. And Oktoberfest started at the end of September. Oktoberfest act- it actually ends on the first weekend of October uh, in Munich. We always celebrate late, huh? We celebrate late. And, and you go to Munich, and the first weekend of October is the end of it. So last couple weeks of September, first week of October. Uh, but it's they drink all the beer they brewed in March, the Mertzen-style beers. And, and that's, just, it, they get rid of it and get ready for the next <laughs> They get ready for the next, ready one, the next so. one. So so same style, just their own take on it. And so that was going to be one of the questions that I actually had was, like, when you were at Danmark dead armadillo and you kind of already started it like so you would taste other people's beers oh, yeah. to explain that process so yeah well i mean you, i mean i mean there's so many hop varieties out there and yeast varieties and so i mean you taste things in order to you know yeah to see you know what works with your palate what do you like 
and, and brewers brew beer that they like to drink. I mean, let, let's yeah. face it. So, uh, um, yeah, and, it, and, it's, and, it, and there's an infinite number of, of possibilities for a recipe. Um, and so, but, but most brewers don't try and clone things. Well, that's what I was going to ask. No, so but, is, but, is, is but you're always working within a style. And so, like an Oktoberfest, here's a here's a style of a beer, and, and it has a range uh, that it falls within in terms of a. Uh, the malt profile, the yeast that you would use, the hops, uh, and the characteristics of the beer, and so, so you, people don't cl- necessarily brewers don't clone beers, but they brew within a style. And if you start to brew outside of that style, then and American brewers do that quite a bit. Then uh, I mean, it, I mean, it's just different. So, but is there a thing where people have gone, "Hey, man, that's just too close"? You know, I've heard rumors of people taking recipes. I have. Yeah. I have. Of uh, or trying to do something exactly like someone else is doing it, and they're just marking it better than they do. So, so I, I do believe that exists. It does out happen. There. It does, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. And there's no ramifications. No, it's just. Just is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, what did you guys ever do anything? So, you know, I guess that's probably the wrong question no. to ask you, but. No. Never, never. No. Right. I wasn't going to ask, did you copy somebody's recipe, but did you ever resemble something else that you liked from another beer? Well, the, the Amber, the Mac and Jack's African Which Amber Ale. Which you just Ale. Yeah, about. I mean, that's that's one. Uh, but the, the IPA recipe, some of the, the blonde recipe, I mean, those types of things. Yeah, we, you know, I'd been homebrewing for years and years, and so I, I did things that, that I liked and that, and that, and that people t- tended to appreciate. So, yeah. So you generally had a feel for what people would want, and then you would... Even if even if they were drinking another beer, you would find out what they liked about that beer, and you would try and put it into yours. Is yeah, that what or, you're or no, or to be honest, I mean, I would brew beer for you know for, for groups of people, and uh, and if they and the, based on the feedback that I got, that I, I would, yeah, I, I so so if I would go to a large event, and bring beer, I knew that people liked my uh, alt beer recipe or my Kolsch recipe or my amber recipe or a pale ale recipe, and so if I was going to give beer to a lot of people, I knew that they would like those in that range and it crosses a number of different palettes now of course I like I, I like big IPAs a lot but I knew that you know, if you go to a big event you know, some people just don't like IPAs now so, it's growing a lot more it's growing a lot more yeah without a doubt so uh, so it really just depended on who I was brewing for now if I brewed for myself I'd do all kinds of fun stuff yeah but what was, was, was the craziest thing you ever did gosh that's a good question you know I don't yeah, I don't know if I did anything. You didn't go. You didn't go too crazy. Do you still no. brew? Oh, sorry. Do you still brew now? I from time oh, to very, time, very, very rarely. Yeah, with yeah, I've got friends that, that like to brew, That's so I'll go brew with them. And yeah, so I know, and I like to brew. I like going out for brew days, and uh, mm-hmm. I'll sit there and drink beer with my yeah, buddies. Yeah, the brew day is fun. Yeah. I, I'll usually have a couple people over for brew day, and then um, I. So post divorce, I wanted to pick up a couple hobbies. Mm-hmm. Felt it was better than laying around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it was like, okay, I should probably do some stuff. So the first thing I picked up was how to smoke meat, how to make oh, barbecue. Yeah. And then the second was to learn home brewing. Okay. And so now we host little, you know, barbecue and brew parties. Okay. And yeah. uh, people come eat barbecue and, and drink beer. That's so. way healthier than me. I got bad, crazy ex-girlfriends. So. <laughs> My divorce Kool-Aid was a bad one. <laughs> so. I don't know. I don't know. There's, there's, some, uh, there's some unhealthiness to some uh, too much beer and way too many uh, too many ribs. Not good for the cholesterol, but... Not bad as my ex-girlfriend, so I promise you that. But, so. yeah, but, but I think, yeah, you, you might have me beat. I'm going to let you... Uh, I'm going to let you hold that crown. All right, so why do you think... Um, why do you think that breweries will 
copy or mimic other beers? Like, why do you think that is? I mean, obviously, I, I mean, some of them will do it because, the, I mean, because the beer is good. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, yeah, imitation is the highest form of flattery. Who was the first? Who was the, was Sam Adams? Were they the first big brand to come out with Oktoberfest? Or that's a good question. Um, I mean, it was the first one I really remember going yeah. mainstream. Yeah, and um, then it seemed like everybody started putting their own play on it. Yeah, and and Oktoberfests are tough. You have, I mean, you have to have the because because it's a, a lager yeast. It takes a long time to, to produce. It, it, yeah. And so I mean, so you have to you have to have the capacity and the, the financial flexibility to be able to, to let a beer go six weeks to two months, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, you know a lot of breweries. I mean, they, they could do four time. batches yeah. versus one batch yeah. in that period of time. And so uh, yeah, so Sam Adams obviously had, had has that type of capacity and financial flexibility to do it. But it, but again, it's a very popular style of beer. Dead Armadillo, we're doing we're doing Dunkel Bison uh, right now, Dark Wheat. Yeah. It's a great beer. Yeah. It is. Uh, and a, a dark wheat, you can get, you can get that out in, in two to three weeks versus six to eight. So, so, so for the fall. So for the fall, yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. But so so basically, if there's a uh, popping uh, style at that mm-hmm. point in time, and somebody's done really well, most breweries, if they have the capacity and the financial ability. They're going to usually jump on that bandwagon and make their own play on it. Is well, that yeah, well, it's like way? it's like the New England IPA thing right now. People aren't necessarily copying each other, but they know it's a popular style of beer, and so that hazy, fruity IPA is uh, popular. So people are doing all their own takes on it. So it's not necessarily that they're cloning or copying other people's beers, but there's the style, and with that within that range of style, they're they're being they're being creative. Uh, they're putting their own spin. Putting on. their own spin on, yeah. So using trying different types of yeasts, uh, different type of malt profiles, and trying to do things that are unique and creative, which really is the hallmark of American craft beer. You know, it's in, in what do you mean? I mean creativity. I mean, we, unlike the Germans, you know, American brewers are not beholden to uh, very strict uh, definitions on a style. And so that's you know, so that's why you find things like uh, the you know, Cascadian uh, IPA or the Black IPA. Yeah, you know, you know, people just make stuff up. Yeah, and do it. Yeah, which is which is great. I think it's good for the industry. And, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's very American. It's very American, <laughs> yeah. and it creates a whole. Yeah, you got, it, it <laughs> I mean, how many taps do you guys have here? Well, we have 105 taps. 105 taps. Yep. And uh, roughly 90 to 95 beers on. Yeah, most. Yeah, and then some ciders of wine. Yeah. And and, a, and one for water. So. Right. 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 All right, so uh, in detailing, we see this quite a bit where um, guys will go on a trend, so to speak, if something new is popping or somebody's using a certain brush or using a certain, uh, you know, we saw it with foam cannons. It's a way that we wash cars. You put chemical in and instead of having a hand wash like this, you can spray and it shoots this giant foam all over the car. So we see it a lot with... uh, Yeah, is is cool like it creates a new style it creates a new way of doing it and then so then you find the different foam cannon companies are going to put their own spin on well my cannon does this and well my cannon does that 
definitely seen it in ceramics. You know, of course, we have a ceramic. Everybody is, is starting to come out with their own ceramic because it has to, uh, they have to meet that need in the industry. I think the interesting thing, though, right, um, I, could, I could totally see that for, um, for chemical companies, for manufacturers or supply companies, right? Um, if their customers, aka detailers, are fascinated with a certain thing in the industry, they need to come up with that thing so that they can provide it for their customer, right? Completely makes sense on a business standpoint. What seems to be interesting, though, is when detailers try and clone or copy other detailers. Um, and, and or we think the, the opposite might be uh, we think people are copying or cloning us. Okay, so it, it's either way. Um, so you could be on either side of the fence on that. You could be the guy that is, is constantly going through Instagram or, or watching this guy's uh, Facebook videos or, or chiming in on his YouTube. And, and, and I hear it just when we talk to people and they're like, oh, but I watch so and so all the time. And, and oh, I love it. I just, I want to be him. And it's like, okay, I mean, this cool. I mean, you should have somebody. I think it's perfectly valid to, to look at their work and see what they do. But trying to be somebody else, I think, creates the interesting aspect. Um, whereas what we were talking about a second ago, um, putting your own spin on it. So with beer, which I, I like what Mason was saying, with beer, um, they have the ingredients, they have the, the concepts, and then the breweries themselves can put in their own spin to it. And I think that's what would be unique, which, well, it is unique when we're scrolling through the, the gram and, and somebody's doing a video and they're putting their own spin on why they do something, right? So um, if your customers are scrolling through the gram, right, um, and they're typically having a mindset of what they're looking for and whether that's clothes or whether that's vacation homes or whether it's cars or golf clubs or you know whatever your customer base is being able to put a spin on the work that you do to capture their attention is a major way of being able to help market yourself right so just the same way that Brew companies or the different, you know, I'm sitting here at uh, Growler USA and there's banners and posters and this beer over this beer and, you know, it's a, it's a competitive marketplace of why you should choose one beer or the other. You guys would be the same way as details. I mean, it's a competitive marketplace on, on why somebody should choose you versus a car wash or you versus another detailer or you versus going to a dealership. You know, same way as if you're working at a car wash. Why why should somebody choose you over the other car wash? Or why should somebody choose you over going to a dealership, right? It's all in that same spectrum. And so, you know, what spin is it that you have? Not that I think that you should necessarily clone somebody else. Not that you should necessarily um, do the same things that somebody that's got a bigger business uh, does. But what are some things that somebody else is doing right that maybe you could chime into your marketing or what do you think that you could do better, okay? So that would be an interesting thing to think about if we're thinking of cloning and as detailers, how can we do it, right? Uh, it's not a bad thing necessarily to take 
ideas and practices from another business and bring them into your own business. As long as you put your own spin on it and your own creativity. And Mason, thank you. You sat back yeah. down. All right, so um, hold on. Let me finish this. Uh, well, it, well, based on what you're talking about, too, I mean, but in fact, I mean, people who are very good musicians typically have been, you know, typically are classically trained. And they, they learn by from Mozart and Bach and Beethoven. So they're and they take, taught they're by taught another by, type of music. And, and things that are you know, classic art, classic music, I mean, they're, they're informed by what has endured and what lasts. And something that is classic that endures and lasts, whether it's <laughs> detailing or beer or music or philosophy or art or whatever else, it's informed by what will endure. And uh, and, so, and, and, and that's an appropriate thing. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a good thing. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, pop music... I mean, some of the crap that people listen to today, 10 years from now, you won't hear, you won't, you know, no one's going to be listening to it 10 years from now. In fact, they're like, who is that? Right. Because yeah, it's pop music, it's faddish, uh, and it comes and it goes. But stuff that endures and lasts forever has, a, I, I think, an eternal quality to it. Uh, and, and I think you can, yeah, I think that, that, that goes across the board. If something works and, and, uh, and it speaks to the human person and the condition, then, uh, yeah. And why not? I mean, yeah. you, you'd be a fool not to emulate that. that that's yeah. that's a that's yeah. a great point. Yeah. Like we could we could we could talk about things that might not necessarily be great about picking apart somebody else's work. But you're right. If you can look at another business and they are doing things right and they are doing well, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you adapt some of their ideology? Sure. So yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, good practices are good practices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and those good practices don't necessarily translate into um, the actual work. They could translate into customer service. They could translate into how to load a customer into your system. They could translate in multiple different ways, not necessarily how to wash the car upside, you know, do you do it this way, do you do this way, do you use this, do you do that. Like, there could be a lot of other avenues as a business that they could adapt from other businesses. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, I think anybody could look at Chick Fil A and go, yeah. "Probably should do something similar." What they're doing, yeah. would would not hurt my business. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Yeah. All right. So you brought over our last two beers. What are they? Why'd you pick them? Uh, because, well, I mean, we're talking about cloning, but again, I think it's more similar, style. Yeah, I think it's it's very style. similar beers, and those were similar. They're very similar because the, the they're first, October. The first October they're, they're similar. Similar. you could tell a difference, though. I mean, you could one you had more flavor difference. than the other. And these, and like we mentioned earlier, kind of New England style IPAs, that hazy, fruity, and uh, so we got one from uh, Coop, and then one from a uh, Roughtail. Uh, Fly me away from Coop. Okay, so these two are IPAs. IPAs, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And one's from Coop, which is an, it's this similar we had earlier. Exactly. Oklahoma City Brewery. And the other one's from Rough Tail. Which is also Oklahoma right City, down Midwest in, City. Yeah. Midwest City, but I think is moving to Edmond. They are moving, yeah. They just bought, I think, 20 acres or something like that. Yeah, they're supposed to do some major. Yeah, they're doing a dig. Yeah, yeah. big deal. Yeah. Which is yeah. cool. It is cool. Yeah. Yeah. They're good guys over there. Yeah. All right, so they're both IPAs, mm-hmm. the New England style that yeah, you're talking about. Yeah, so you about. can see the haze in them. Kind of hazy. Okay. Yeah. Not clean like a... Not real, not clear, but I mean, and in then in they both have a fruitiness as well. So. Okay. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Which one are we doing first? This is the uh, rough tail. Mmm. Oh, grapefruit. Is it? I wouldn't have known. Yeah, I think that's grapefruit. I don't know. Mm. 
It does definitely mellow. It's not as bitter. It's not bitter it's at not, all. No. Yeah. It well, there's a hint. There's a, like there's a hint of a bitter, which is why that first one I took it, I went, mm, but then it mellowed very quick. It's a really good beer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I would go really good beer. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorites. I like it. <laughs> and then, but you, and you already said yeah. you already said you like IPAs. I do. Yeah. You know. I'm an IPA guy. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not. Mm-hmm. So. Crap, I should have brought a couple of pills in time. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm glad you didn't. Yeah. It is, yeah. I'm sorry? Oh, thank you. Sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. All right, so while he's checking them out, um, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, some of the things then that might be beneficial to a detailer to take um, from other detailers, okay? A lot of times, you know, we can look at other detailers, and, and it goes twofold, like I said earlier. Sometimes we're talking to detailers, and they're just so almost worshipful of somebody that another detailer, right? Um, and the other side is, a lot of times, they can be so negative. Um, somebody could look at another detailer and try to pick them apart. I think it's complete bullshit when people, and we get raped on YouTube all the time, um, by detailers that are trying to impose that they know everything and you know it's that term keyboard detailers and just the comments that people make is, is very interesting of like I just really would like to pick up the phone and, and call and be like bro I'm like how you doing on the inside man are you are you are you okay like what's going on in life that you feel that you needed to completely dog somebody else on YouTube about they might do a style or might do something a little different. Uh, I think sort of seems to be the premise of what uh, what Mason was saying a second ago. was like, you know, in, in brewing, and which is an art form, which is what we say detailing is an art form. So in brewing, it's okay to um, take your own spin on it. You know, the same way as um, when we're polishing cars or or cleaning cars, and especially you're, you're doing that, you know, correction, we're buffing, polishing cars, and we, we get asked, well, do you need to, how many passes do I need to do? You know, that's completely subjective to what size, what pad you got, what car you got, what the clear code is, you know, what level of correction versus enhancement are you doing? I don't think it's a solid answer of how many passes do you need to make? It might take two passes because the paint is very soft. It might take eight passes going up and down side to side four different times and then slowing your tool down to try and start the polishing process. Like It can go a bunch of different ways. But what are some of the things that a detailer could look onto other detailers and, and, and take away? And I think we talked about it a second ago. If you are looking at another detailer, send them a message. Ask them about how they uh, market to their local customer base. Um, what is their onloading process? What questions do they ask the customer when they walk in? Uh, do they use a certain app or a certain program? Those are things that are more business-wise, which would be smart to ask versus, oh, because so-and-so, um, you know, 
let, let's just go since we had already talked about the foam cannons you know since they use the foam cannon oh I've got to buy that certain foam cannon all of a sudden I'm like this guy and, and that's not true because um, I think as a business person grows they adapt to their clientele and to their marketplace and if somebody is in New York and you're in Louisiana there's a good chance um, that your clientele is not the same and you're going to need to adapt some of what they do into your marketplace. But a good thing that might be, which again is, you know, how do they upload their customer into their system? Do you even have a system? What systems are out there to help you with customer retention, with customer acquisition, with, um, you know, email marketing, you know, hey man, uh, do you do much email marketing? Is, is there a system you could recommend? That would be a good question to ask. Uh, hey, um, I saw that, uh, you know, you did this video with a customer. Um, what app did you use to do the video? I've asked detailers that because I found that I struggle with doing videos or doing photos. And so I've reached out to some different detailers and just asked them what video uh, app that they like to use. And then I've tried to play with some different ones. So that would be a thing that um, that could be very good is trying to find out some of the systems or programs or or things that they use inside of their business. Not so much cloning or copying them as far as uh, tool or uh, I use this grit of this or, you know, um, because that would be subjective then to your style. Um, and you could put your own style into your artwork. But systems and programs, those would be more universal and somebody could grab any type of, you know, I use QuickBooks. I had a detailer in the other day and um, talking about how to do invoicing to a dealership and didn't want to do a handwritten receipt. And was like, no, <laughs> you definitely don't want to do a handwritten receipt if you're going to clean a car for a, um, a dealership then you do not want to do a handwritten receipt. And he was trying to find out then what program to use for writing an invoice. And I said, well, how do you do your books now? Like, just your books in general. And so we went through and we talked about QuickBooks and um, why somebody should use QuickBooks, why I've used it, and why he should not do his books himself. He should use a bookkeeper. Um, and so we talked about like practices as far as business practices versus um, you know just copying uh, copying you know which we talked about a second ago. So um, I, here's here's where I wanted to kind of uh, as as I drink this IPA and, and I'm sitting here while Mason is, is handling a, a customer. I'm very glad and thankful that you know he gives us some of the the beer nerd wisdom. Um, because I don't, I, I wish I knew more about beer. And as we continue these episodes with Mason, we'll continue to learn more together. I do definitely look forward to meeting a bunch of you guys. Uh, hopefully, you can take your time to come to SEMA and you can come and get some free beer. Uh, we're going to be doing it at the Golden Beers Brewery. Um, and so, if you go to freebeersema.com, you can come drink. 
two hours of unlimited free beer uh, at the Gordy Beer's Brewery. Mason has just sat down at the right time, <laughs> yeah, and he heard beers. free beer, and he went, hey. <laughs> so, yes, Mason, if you're going to be in Las Vegas, October 30th. That's my birthday. October 30th is your birthday. It is, yeah. I mean, what other? Have free beer on me. Yeah, so. <laughs> okay, have free beer. We will think of you while we're drinking free, free beer. <laughs> cool. All right, so this one was a grapefruit IPA. Did you find out Kinda, that's what it was? You know, I, did, I didn't look. I'm almost positive it is, though. Yeah. Man, it, and and which one? Is this a coupe one? The coupe, yes. This is Fly coupe? me away. Yes. Fly me away? Mm-hmm. Um, does coupe sell outside of this Oklahoma? They do. I know they're in, uh, they are in uh, Texas, I know for sure. But Cuba's a very popular Oklahoma beer. It really is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Adaptation 13 by Rough Tail is a New England IPA. And, and the, that's uh, our second one? Yeah. Okay, so it, uh, El Dorado, Matuka, Mosaic, and Lemon Drop Pops. Bright tropical fruit with notes consistent I like this one. lime, watermelon, candy, yeah. and lemon zest. I don't taste any watermelon at all. In the coupe? No, or no, no. Or in the uh, Rough Tail? This is a Rough Tail. I definitely tasted the lime. Yeah. That's the coupe. Oh, this one was a coupe. That's the coupe, yeah. I thought that one was. No, that's the rough tail. Yeah. Oh, no. This is the rough tail. The darker one was the rough tail? Oh, I messed that one up. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I would have never said watermelon in that one either. That was a bit more hoppier than... uh, We would tell you... I was saying that one was the coupe. This one is. This I like good. this one a lot better. Deep. It's cleaner. Mm-hmm. Zero. What's the IBUs on it? Uh, that's a good question. I would say it's going to be low. Uh, and and for those that are listening, tell us real quickly IBUs I, is a scale. International bittering unit. And so uh, uh, the lower, uh, zero to 100, and the higher the IBUs, the the more alpha acids from hops uh, are, in the, are in the beer, which can give uh, what, what people might uh, consider to be uh, bitterness. A lot of times it's not necessarily bitterness, but it can be fruitiness or, yeah. yeah. Soft pineapple, tropical fruit, is that still mm-hmm. on? So, they're, they're very, so again, they're using the same type of hops, and it's a very similar beer. Very, yeah. Yeah. But this one's cleaner, less bit. Did you find the IBUs on it? I did not. You didn't say? But you know what? It'll oh, take me about two seconds. Yeah, you'll have it on there. All right. All right, so some of the stuff, uh, which I, I talked to you a moment ago, some of the things I wanted to, which I think would be interesting mm-hmm. to discuss with you. Give us, again, kind of your brief history um, with, uh, I think, with Catholicism. Mm-hmm. You're writing for the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. You work for the church. Tell us about that background that you also have. Yeah. I, uh, How old are you? I'm 47. 47. Cool. 48 I just this hit 40. Year. Yeah. You're going to be 48 here on October 30th. October 30th. Be cool. 48. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I went to seminary. Spent a lot of time in grad school. I was a Lutheran pastor uh, for almost 11 years. What's the, so? Talk about copying, right? I mean, that, yeah. you could even go through the denominations of churches sure. and how they all have a lot of symbolism and a lot of similar things. What separates a Lutheran 
from another denomination? Uh, well, Lutherans are similar to Catholics in the, in, in the sense that theoretically they've retained the Mass, meaning the historical liturgy or the worship of the Church, uh, and they're sacramental. Uh, I, I tend to divide uh, churches are either sacramental or non-sacramental, and by that, uh, sacramental means that uh, believe that God comes to people through means, meaning like water, bread, wine, words, priesthood. Uh, so Lutherans, Catholics, Anglicans, Orthodox, uh, those types of Christians. So, so baptism, they, they believe that God really works through baptism. He's really present in the Eucharist. And, and, and they're not just symbols, but they're actually means of grace. Whereas non-sacramental Christians, uh, your Baptists, your Methodists, your non-denominational live church, those types of things, that God works through uh, uh, direct means in terms of emotions, sentiments, uh, music, and and you can tell in the style of worship. You yeah, go to live church, yeah. you go to live church, and they're gonna come up with it. They'll have the rock band, you know, some prayers, probably a couple good-looking girls in the rock band. A guy will come up and give a thirty to forty-five minute uh, speak uh, talk or, or sermon. It, it tends to be like you know therapeutic you know, life lessons, life lessons, life, Very lessons. Much life lessons, and then you end up and then these you end, three steps to yeah, become a better person. to become a better person, yeah. you know, very moralistic. And then in the end, in the end, you have another prayer, another song or two, and you're gone. Well, in, in like Lutheran, Orthodox, Catholic, you, know, you go and it's it's the old liturgy. I mean, you, you cross yourself, you seal your hand, you kneel, you stand, um, and uh, you, I mean, you get a sermon. Usually, the homily shorter. Uh, but the pinnacle of it is the Eucharist, yeah, the the, the yeah the Holy Communion, and and so in 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 that in that you guys believe right that Christ that, is truly present in the Eucharist, yeah, that is like for it's your actually forgiveness. Actually, in the bread, yeah, yeah. Or or I mean, what do you use? It's yeah, not actual it's, bread. It's bread. Right? No, it's a what's a it's a wafer, unleavened wafer, wafer, wafer yeah. Right? So in the bread and the wine. Budget cuts. To have to go. <laughs> and you couldn't find enough ladies to you know bake fresh bread every day. So although the Orthodox do, <laughs> so. Uh, so how is that? Yeah. Not I mean jokingly, but funny at the same time. Like you're right. Like probably back in the day, mm-hmm. in true taking of the communion or true. I don't mean it like you're not true, but they literally would have baked the bread themselves and yeah. probably done prayers during that. Like. I believe. Oh, yeah, know, there's a huge ritual type. behind it. Right. Yeah, huge ritual. Now it's just mass produced and bought out of a container. Without a doubt. How does that not. Well, ultimately, it's not. The, the bread just. It's a, what Aquinas would say, it's an accident. The, the bread itself isn't the issue. Just like the water. I mean, the water from the Jordan River is not any better than the water from the Arkansas River. I mean, that's. that's a, well, it may be. But, uh, yeah. but, 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 but in the sense that uh, the sacrament isn't so much the, uh, the water or the bread or the wine that you use. But it's the word of promise that Christ gives to it, that uh, if you eat my body and drink my blood, then you have life in me. So, so, it's so the bread, the water, the wine—that's that's that's. I want I want to say a formality, but it's it's the means through which Christ is fulfills his promise. Lo, I'll be with you always to the very end of the age. So, could the, you see Matthew. that somebody outside looking in? That would seem very. Oh yeah! Without it, it's crazy. Very crazy. It's insane. Weird. Like it's you're insane. saying that God literally inhabited a piece of bread that you're going to sure. eat. Sure. You know, it's even crazier. You know, the Christians claim that uh, God inhabited the womb of a virgin uh, two thousand years ago, and was a fetus. Mm-hmm. Was an embryo. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So if God can do that, then if he if he institutes baptism in the Eucharist. He, 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 God does crazy things all the time. Touche. Yeah, and so Touché. I mean, yeah, and how does he? How did he interact with his people uh, in the Old Testament? Moses, burning bush. 
I mean, uh, the tabernacle. Uh, you, I mean, you go through all, God always comes to his people through means. Uh, gosh, I wish I could uh, remember who said it, but, I, but uh, I think it was Walker Percy. But he said, he's a writer, and he said, I do not know what it would be like to have a direct contact with God, and I'm not sure I can handle it. The idea that, yeah, yeah, in, in the scriptures, yeah, direct contact with God is a, yeah, is a big deal. So just give it to go box. <laughs> Always got to keep your eye. I know, I'm sorry. Customer first. <laughs> All good. So, so if, if from your heritage and the way you've grown up and the way you believe, um, I think as far as, as your belief system would go, you, people are created uniquely. Sure. Without a doubt. Yeah. So why is it you feel that if we're created so uniquely, we try and conform so much of our life to be like other people? I, I think a lot of it is uh, it's conditioning. What yeah. do you mean? I mean, we're conditioned to, you know, nobody wants to, well, there are people who, yeah, who do uh, take a different path, who are contrarian. Yeah, but from the time we're very young, you know, we're you know, you have to dress a certain way, behave a certain way, right. you have to act a certain way. Yeah. And, uh, Based and, and, on the way you were raised, the culture you were and in, this culture and, and, the, and the different. And the, like somebody the, in Tulsa is going to be different than someone in New York City. But not so much anymore, because I mean, I mean, public schooling has had a huge impact. I mean, public schooling's only been around for a hundred years. Public schooling has had a huge impact on, on what people think, what they believe, how they perceive the government, how they perceive religion. Uh, and then you have the mass media, and and that's and that's and that is definitely a tool of propaganda. Yeah. I mean, you watch you you watch from the morning news, and we hear all kinds of garbage about what, about what kind of cupcakes to bake for <laughs> for a party, mm-hmm. and 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 and, and I, again, I don't like either one of the parties, but uh, you, know, but, you know, you know, Trump this, Trump that, Obama this, Obama that. It, 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 we're, we're conditioned. We're conditioned. We're conditioned. We're, we're being. Almost programmed in a sense to to lose our individuality and gain more of a communal. Well, yeah. Think about people who get upset about the whole kneeling thing with the you know. Right. The, I mean, yeah. People, people, people go in the military to fight for freedom for the Constitution because uh, yeah. And, for the it, freedom it was, to kneel, to, if you to kneel or to. not kneel, and yeah, yeah. And I don't. I mean, again, it's a if, if your employer tells you not to do it. I mean, he does. He, if you do it, you can get fired. But at the end of the day, it's uh, yeah. I don't even know why it's a, why people get so butthurt about it. To be honest, I mean, if he wants to kneel, let him kneel. You know, my old man. I grew up on military bases, and he'd be the first one to tell you, you know what? If he wants to kneel, let him kneel. I mean, it's yeah. So, but, but people are conditioned. You have to respect the flag. You have to respect the song. You have to do this. You have to do that. And not realizing that uh, the NFL has been paid a lot of money by the Department of Defense to do that. To to do what? To recruit people. I mean, it's. I mean, it's. It, it's. So yeah. Yeah, it's a big. It's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big system. So. Okay. No, it's good. I know you got a customer. Yeah, you, got, yeah, you know what? And let's. Yeah. Next. Next time. I'm, I apologize for. I had no, no idea. It's, this it's all good. Going on. One last question. Sure. I won't keep you. Have you met your twin? I have not met my twin. No. Do you know that you have a twin? <laughs> yeah, there's everyone has Everybody a doppelganger. Has, right? Everyone's got a doppelganger. Yeah. yeah. What do you call it? A doppelganger. What do you mean? A doppelganger means like a twin or someone who's your exact. Uh, yeah. 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 Everyone has a doppelganger. So. Thank, thanks for your <laughs> thanks time. Thanks a lot. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate you. You know. And next time, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I apologize for that. No, no, so. it's all good, man. Thank cool. you. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I do find that interesting. 
that uh, you can go in different parts of the country and you can run into somebody that looks exactly like somebody else. Yeah. So while we were created uniquely, we are also There's sometimes yeah, the yeah. DNA <laughs> only goes so far, mm-hmm. right? There's only so many strands that like beers. Like beers. <laughs> Cheers, man. Thanks for your time. So anyway, uh, I think that there was a fun little discussion. I just wanted to chase a rabbit. Uh, I, I think uh, that's what's good about beer. Having drinks, um, you can look at beer and you can look at it, you can look at detailing and you can open your eyes to multiple different ways uh, to look at life. Um, I honestly wish uh, each of you the best in your detailing this week. Uh, I hope that uh, you learn and grow and continue to absorb. I definitely think that you should look at other detailers and see what they're doing right. If they are doing something right, um, they might be doing something right because it's unique to their DNA. Um, They might be very heavy as a salesperson so they can grow a lot faster. so anyway, to kind of bring it all to a sum, it's not wrong to look at others. It's not wrong to clone or to try and resemble. Um, you know, as we've gone through this discussion, I just tried to throw out kind of devil's advocate, some different ways of looking at things. But looking at other companies and doing what other companies do and trying to um, do your best at what is doing best, right? So it goes back to if something is going good in the market, you should probably bring that in. AKA, you see everybody doing ceramics. If you don't have even an entry level ceramic, um, you are behind the times and you need to start looking and talking to other detailers and find out what are some good entry level, very easy to use ceramics that will last and do a good job for your customers and then grow yourself into uh, higher level ceramics in a sense of higher level of SiO2. It creates a little bit harder application sometimes and um, but also brings in more finances with it so but either way you should at least be doing some ceramics if you are a traditional car wash person that uses soap and water there's a good chance that you should be using a foam cannon you should be doing a couple things like as the industry grows you should expand your horizons okay cool so wasn't trying to go one way or the other earlier was just trying to Kind of play devil's advocate and bounce some different ideas as we talk. And uh, if you see my twin and you're out and about, go shake his hand and tell him he's a good looking dude. <laughs> hey, anyway, this is Marty uh, Or Marshall at Total Auto Solutions, and you can find uh, Mason here at Growler USA in Jinx, Oklahoma, or go stop by the Growler that's located near you. Guys, they have a ton of beers, and uh, they can help guide you in a direction that you might like to go. Anyway, I am going to finish off this uh, IPA, and I am going to go get ready for Sunday night football, do a little cooking, and uh, be filling bottles. So (laughs) I'll be filling bottles tonight, watching football, and drinking more beer. So hopefully you make it a great day, too.